Hello guys, welcome to another episode on the Her Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Aisha Dreni, naturopathic doctor, holistic life coach, and the girl next door. I'm reaching you from a very snowy, wintry January in Toronto, Canada. And in today's podcast, I'll be sharing my journey along life's reshaping force, pain, and the impact of pain. So stay tuned for more. Pain and trauma continue to shape our lives for better or worse. Going through a painful experience will bring you at the end to one choice that you will eventually have to make. Do I choose to become more like that person or do I choose to become more like me? Do you become bitter and walled up, more rigid with your heart, driven by fear of repetitive hurt? Or do I choose to become better and less like the person who hurt me and soften myself and bring my guards down to be driven by love and trust? I literally have two living examples of each. One parent chose the former, the other chose the latter. I too had a choice to make, having lived in both the shadow and the light of them. As a person, I am one of deep empathy, compassion, and extremely forgiven heart. But I've had my bitter times too, where I may have thrown a verbal punch or directed the pain towards myself in physical and emotional ways. But my choice at the end of the day remains the same. That's my nature, to be better again and again and again. It's why I enjoy sports thoroughly. You do it again and again and build grit and endurance. It's not the end till you stop. So you keep going and you get better. In my life story, I've encountered the situation where one parent experienced injustice leading to deep hurt. Unfortunately, they found it challenging to move beyond that pain and it reshaped their narrative into one of bitterness and reluctance to forgive. This narrative is quite similar to the story of Satan or Satan. This is where, sure, he was hurt over Adam and Eve's creation, but he refused to take a U-turn, aka a return to your higher self. And so what this story teaches us is that of an unforgiving nature. Now, the other parent who did the wrongdoing chose to accept the hurt they caused and their narrative remains, I did wrong, I'm sorry, forgive me, but please let's move on. This narrative is similar to that of Adam or Adam Islam when he did wrong. However, in the end, he chose to make a U-turn and turned to repentance. This isn't now negating the fact that it is incredibly hard when you just come through the initial move moments of a painful moment. And it's okay that your guards go up in that moment. You need them there for the time being because you are a sensitive soul. So after a painful moment, your ego will activate as a protective mechanism. It's your shield. This was given by God too. But you can operate in it all the time. It's draining and it's not your true nature. So when you know it's served its time, cast yourself free of it. Your heart will heal again and again and again. That is the nature of your heart. So remove the shield, 
break free from it so that you can live and love again. It's only when you bring your guards down can you actually truly experience life, right? Because life is the flow. It's giving and taking. And in order to let life, you need to let love flow back in and out. That's literally it, right, guys? The heartbeat is an up and down. You need these connections and interactions. You need people. You need this flow because what is life without it? Are you actually alive? And perhaps some folks are okay with staying kind of numb, but I know they're hurting deep down within. We all have this innate need to stay alive, to stay in love, and to experience the flow of life. But what really ends up happening is that when a painful moment occurs, we really aren't able to pull ourselves out of it, whether we don't have the tools or we become stubborn about it. This happened to me and this is it. This is my story and we won't move past this. And we start reinforcing that story rather than looking for a solution. I truly believe that that's a choice we all get to make. It isn't that one person is, you know, incredibly um, blessed and another isn't. Blessings are there for everyone. And when you start seeking answers, you start seeking a path, it starts to appear for you. So... Are we making the right choices? Are we making choices to be in the flow, to be more alive every day, to stay in love? Today, just as I was sitting, pondering after one of my namazes, I was thinking, what could I do more to live life more? And because it was snowing so beautifully outside, I genuinely enjoy the snow. I thought I would like to take a walk and just simply experience the snow touching my face um, and I would like to get hot chocolate um, because that sensation of warmth plus cold is such a beautiful contrast and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it I'm not sure about other folks but that was my way of living life a bit largely today and I really start to question whether um, people have this urge within and as I started you know having conversations with different people of different stories and different walks of life it's true everyone has this urge deep down and this is what allows them to lead more fulfilling lives it's not that I've had it any harder or you've had it any less I truly believe that we are simply not giving the importance to the experiences that shape us and really taking from more experiences so we become scared and we stay scared um and it is terrifying uh, i i definitely have had terrifying moments in life because but really trying to get back on my feet meant finding my way so all i'm saying is hey just even be curious if there is another way to life and that curiosity will show you such beautiful things that um you could have never even imagined the visual that i have um when i thought about this podcast was that of a rose bush right um if you were to pay attention to a rose closely, you would see thorns. And so just before you reach the tip where that bud starts to bloom, uh, the beauty of it starts to come out. And that's literally what I thought of um, 
for this podcast, um, the impact of pain in actually reshaping your life. That's that's the gift of pain, as painful as that might sound. Um, and so your pains are literally these jagged ends and those thorns on that stem of a rose. Uh, and yeah, so you do get bruises and bumps over here and here, but it's steering you back to your center, to your to your true self, and that true self is incredibly beautiful. Um, and we can't wait for it to bloom, right? So I definitely find that I am the um, the version of me today because of these experiences. The depth of my empathy is as a result of the deep pain I've experienced. The depth of my, uh, you know, ability to feel happiness in small moments is as a result of those pains. And honestly, I would not take that back. I'm able to be happy with the smallest of things, with the silliest of things. Um, I'm I'm able to experience a wide variety of emotions because of this. It's almost as if I've dug into myself as deeply and I can fill those depths with many things. Does that mean that I experience sorrow in great depths? Yes, it does. Um, however, sorrow itself is also a blessing. It really waters me deep down within um, kind of the pits of myself, and it allows me to seed within me whatever it is that I want. I can take that grief, and I can move with it, and I can flow with it, and I can grow with it, um, and beautiful things are to come with that. So, um, moving on to the next part uh, of this podcast, which is one of the names that we recognize our creator by, which is Al-Rahman, which translates to the most merciful. So I suppose one of the questions we want to be asking is, what does it entail to possess so much mercy? Literally, the utmost mercy, if he's given himself the name, the most merciful, it isn't just, you know, a little bit of mercy or a little bit more mercy. It's the most merciful. And this is funny because um, I was doing wudu, our ablution. So we use water to cleanse ourselves before we're about to make our prayers. And um, it does <laughs> mean in this cold, wintry um, season that we are going to be using water. Uh, and I'm someone whose toes are usually cold, uh, no matter if it's warm indoors or outdoors. Um, and so so whenever I'm about to, you know, uh, cleanse myself, it's my toes that I'm worried about. And just as I was making um, my ablution, I kept thinking, ah, what if I didn't do my toes today? And if I got away with that, would that be okay, God? Would that be okay? And my heart said, Al-Rahman. <laughs> and it said it in such a beautiful, soft way where it said that, who, if, if anyone's judging you here, who is that? Who would that be? And instantly I knew it was me. Instantly I knew that, you know, my God is most merciful, most forgiving, uh, and plays with my childlike demeanor, accepts it and loves it. But me, I don't accept myself that, that much to understand the depths of mercy of my Lord. And if anyone were to be judging me in this moment, it would be that part of myself, that critical part 
that critical Aisha, who would be like, hey, you couldn't even take your socks off and just quickly wipe yourself like you're that weak or literally that's what you're complaining about. And so, so many different segmented stories that have, you know, accumulated in that um, judgmental part of myself. And I literally just kind of clapped my hands together in a prayer motion and bowed down because I realized that I needed more mercy for myself. And so this is controversial, but I did not end up washing my feet. Um, I just quickly, uh, you know, passed my hands over my socks without water. <laughs> so the correct way would have been to at least do it with water. Um, uh, and I didn't. And I did that as a way as to um, just quickly challenge that inner critic uh, to see how I felt after. Um, I will say this, I have done this before, but every time it's still hard to be able to allow myself to do that. Um, and hey, I'm still within home. You know, another critical part would have been like, hey, this would have been acceptable if you were traveling, if you were outside, you didn't have water. Um, yeah, so all of those inner demons I kind of had to sit down with and give a lot of love and mercy. Um, and so really, if we were to think about this um, quality, this trait, of the most divine one, which is of utmost mercy, I think if we started to challenge our bar of mercy, we would find a really beautiful path. We would find that there in fact is no bar to his mercifulness. And and where we're at, uh, where our mercy kind of ends is where our judgment begins. And if you were able to kind of just tip that a little further, and the visual I have here is if you guys have ever been measured um, in a doctor's office, so they use kind of an instrument to measure your height, there's usually a bar right above your head. Um, and that's kind of how you know, where that bar is where your judgment kind of begins. And how can we begin to push it a little further, inch it a little further up so that I could have more mercy for myself and less judgment for myself? And, you know, then you would start thinking, you know, hey, how much further can I push it up? And how tall of a bar is that? Because, you know, for example, when we're thinking about heights, uh, we're thinking about, hey, I want to be this height, right? Like, and, and you start to stand on your toes, maybe to reach that. But is there a limit that we have placed that we want to want to reach in terms of our mercy? Um, and that's what I question. I'm like, hey, like, have I just decided that I want to have six feet tall of mercy and no more? Or um, have I never even imagined that I could reach eight feet tall of mercy? Um, and, and that was really interesting because I started to realize that truly I had a measurement. I actually had an endpoint of um X amount of mercy that I'm capable of and X amount of mercy um, that I'm actually actively seeking. And that's where after that, I sat down a little bit longer after my prayer to just contemplate on that and realize that, hey, I actually want to push the bar, the limits of my mercy this year. And how can I do that? So what are, would what would the actionable steps be? 
right? So this isn't just about pondering and um, thinking. This is also about embodying this and, and taking those um, actionable steps, which would mean first uh, self-directed mercy. So in times of challenge, in times of uh, myself being very critical to myself. All right, let's think about how can I be an inch more kind to myself, an inch more of mercifulness and love. And that itself, if we were to realize this, would be the mercy of God. You yourself pushing yourself a little bit further, a little bit less judgment, a little bit more mercifulness is itself the mercy of God reaching to you in in its depths. And how beautiful is that? No doubt we recognize our creator by the names that he's chosen, but we never sit to ponder upon it and we fail to embody um, at least the maximum capacity. I mean, we can make an attempt to embody that name and reach a deeper part of ourselves and perhaps reach the highest uh, version of ourselves and hope that that is something that is pleasing to our creator. Um, I just want to end by this note because I think our bars are kind of, they won't budge past this point if we don't ask the next question, which is, are we scared of such free, forgiving mercy? And why I pick, or my choice of words are specifically free and forgiving mercy is because it truly, truly is free. It is there for all. You do not need to earn it. And that mercy, that love, that compassion from your creator is given anyways. Whether you fault or whether you don't. Whether you forgive yourself, whether you don't. And I think because we are such harsh um, critics of ourselves, we start to see God perhaps in that light and forget that he is an entity larger than what we can perhaps comprehend and feel. But if we were to just challenge our expansion in that way and the more we challenge it, the more we're able to expand. And the the rewards of that in itself is just that, right? So as you challenge it, you realize that you have more room. You have more room to be more merciful, more forgiving. And when you ask that question, am I scared of such free, forgiving mercy? The next question I'll invite you to ask is why? And I did this for myself, so I'll share kind of what came up for me. It's because it came down to, I don't think I'm worthy. Even though my Lord is is forgiving and repeated mistakes and loves me beyond what I can even imagine, I am not allowing myself to be loved to receive that kindness, to receive his forgiveness, to receive his compassion and his mercy as much. So it's not that, you know, my creator isn't showering me with all of that. It's that I myself am blocking 
the love, the mercy, the compassion, the forgiveness. I myself am not able to forgive myself to that degree, to allow myself to be receptive to another energy. So if I house within me judgment and shame and guilt and regret and all the other negative things, and I don't actively work on that, meaning I don't make dua for that, I don't, uh, if you need to seek therapy, you seek therapy, find tools to be able to free yourself of all of that negative stuff that's blocking what you could be receiving. And what it's blocking is truly that free, forgiving mercy from the one who is the most merciful. So a little bit of... um, So I suppose further reflection is required. I encourage you to perhaps journal about it or go on a walk and uh, walk into (laughs) thinking about it. Um, Make some tea and sit down and just really get real with yourselves. Uh, Are you okay with the way you're living your life or are you someone who wants to live life as largely as possibly and so i hope that this has given you a a path of some sorts to within yourselves to take a deeper journey within and as always sending you a lot of light a lot of love we'll meet in another episode